Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to this free episode of Hollinger and Duncan. John and Nate are going to finish off their organizational rankings talking about the worst-run organizations in the NBA. Obviously, that's going to be a lot of fun. But as you know, if you've been listening, all Hollinger and Duncan episodes are a lot of fun. If you want to subscribe to get access to every single one, you can subscribe to Dunked On Prime at dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. We've got a sale going right now in conjunction with Seth Part now joining. Seth's doing a lot of cool stuff for us with his advanced stats, uh, publishing a couple, maybe a few times a week uh, with some lessons that he's learning from those advanced stats. It's excellent. If you want to subscribe, dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. All right, I know everyone has been waiting with rapt attention for this. It is tier three. I guess I guess we're breaking the tiers up a little bit more. Day three of the Hollinger and Duncan organization rankings. Uh, and then at the end of this, uh, we're going to do our hardest and easiest to rank, most over and underrated, biggest fallers, biggest risers. going to be a lot of those. Uh, and where we think these organizations might be going in the future, if any of them have potential to rise or fall next time to see who we actually said for that uh, last year, because there are a lot of fallers. But let's begin here, John. Who is the next highest team we've yet to discuss? All right. Um, I have sort of a mini tier here, I guess. Um, so my next team was Houston Rockets. You seem you seem puzzled. I, well, I, I was, I was actually I was trying to plug my computer in, which I realized wasn't plugged in yet at my my temporary workstation here. But uh, yeah, the Rockets are interesting because they're on pace to have the worst record in the NBA for the third consecutive season. Yes. That, that obviously that's not good. Um, I I do think they're probably going to have to make a coaching change at some point. Um, I think they're they're they generally run a very loose ship there, which I, I worry about. Um, at the same time, I think relative to these other ten teams here, I think the Rockets understand value better than most of them, uh, and have done some good things to fill in the talent pipeline. Uh, Fertitta is a liability. I don't think he's going to spend money. I think he may have really cost them a championship uh, at the end of the Harden era. Um, so that's well, Fertitta. Fertitta has, I think, I don't know if I want to say surprising. Like, I think he's actually been better. Like, you thought he was going to screw things up when it came time to trade Harden. Maybe he screwed things up with Daryl. You know, that that's not great. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it seems like, like, Rafael Stone knows what he's doing, right? He was kind of, it kind of seemed like, oh man, is this guy, is Fertitta just hiring this flunky who's just going to do what he says? And no, Stone definitely seems to have a pretty good grasp. Like, they haven't. I mean, I, I guess what you would say is 
since Daryl left, there aren't that many moves they've done that I would say I really disagreed with at the time. Yes. Uh, the I mean, they've been able to find Tate, Martin, Garrison Matthews, like kind of, kind of these like useful kind of back end roster guys uh, cheaply. We'll see if maybe Bruno Fernando is another one. It's hard because they're, you know, they're a bad team and they're getting their butts kicked. So like somebody who's able to play 20 minutes for that team, what does that really mean? Um the Porter experiment is interesting. I still don't totally know how I feel about it. Um, I thought they signed a very creative extension with them that kind of limits their their downside on that. And I think a lot of other teams would have just walked into this very long commitment and maybe hated themselves later. Uh, so, so I thought that was good. Uh, Jalen Green, I mean, we'll we'll see. Jabari Smith, we'll see. Certainly talented players. Certainly players that other people in the same position would have uh, potentially made that pick. Uh, trading in to get Shingun, I thought was interesting. So the the biggest thing is like we just haven't really seen them play their cards yet. I think we're going to see that next year. They have all the cap room, plus they owe the pick from the Chris Paul trade. So like this is kind of the last year where they can just kind of screw around and be awful. Well, I do think the overall vision to screw around and be awful was the correct one. And we have been critical and will be critical coming up here of some teams that have just been stuck in the middle forever. And the way they approach the Harden trade to use Philly as leverage, but eventually get the Nets whole draft going forward. Like that looks pretty good. They dodged a huge bullet not having Ben Simmons who a I mean who knows maybe Ben Simmons would have just not been any good and they could have tanked anyway but you still don't there's no reason to have that as part of the value in a trade when you can get all this stuff from Brooklyn you know I think they did kind of mess up the Allen and Levert aspects of that trade but Allen needed a new contract he hadn't emerged as a star yet they did end up getting another shitty first out of that um you know they kind of then they got Oladipo and then they thought they were going to get some huge haul for him which they didn't really and and PJ Tucker, they didn't really get much for him either. Maybe they could have included him in that Nets trade and gotten more. So, but I think the overall concept was good. I guess it really just comes down to at this point. Yeah, like it's kind of been other than the overall or organizational vision. I mean, they still try to use analytics, although I think they've lost some people out of their front office. You'd probably have a better understanding of that than me, you know, since the Daryl days. Um, you know, many of whom have gone on to become big guys in other organizations. Yeah, I mean, it was. Because it was working under Daryl was Rafael Monty Suchin, right? Who Suchin went to Minnesota and and, 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 and Rosas for that matter, and Gerson and Gerson Rosas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, now now uh, all those guys are gone, and they, they still have uh, some other guys who learned under Daryl as well. But uh, you know, and uh, what's the role of Patrick Fertitta? I mean, it hasn't that hasn't showed up in a negative way yet. Um, you do have to ding him for uh, Tillman's unwillingness to spend back when they were good and again if they're yeah. if these guys took over a good team you would have that problem again so that's i mean there there's a reason they're not in the top half of the league but i think generally i agree with most of the moves this team has made and here's actually what i wanted to ask you about and most people i'm not sure i would agree but i'm higher on jalen green than most would say they should have taken evan mobley over jalen green evan mobley certainly has been much better than jalen green so far but they kind of they couldn't even get evan mobley in for a workout there were reports that everyone thought that they were just like wasting Evan Mobley's time basically and they were never going to take him at two so they couldn't get him in and I think most people would say Mobley has been better than Green so far like what do you make of that whole thing where they just couldn't even get the guy in for a workout it's interesting although 
I mean, draft workouts are so overrated. Um, if you couldn't get medical information on him, I mean, that would be probably a, a greater concern. Um, so yeah, well, I think I think they wouldn't yeah. give him the the medicals as yeah. well. So that's my recollection. I hope someone could correct me if I'm wrong on that. But that's what I remember. And that that is troubling, and that's always a high stakes game. But I also think part of that stemmed from the fact that there wasn't a belief that they were actually going to take him at number two. So, yeah, but, I, but a good organization went, could have, yeah, yeah. So the two things went hand in hand. So you know, you could say that if you know if Houston had tipped their hand a little earlier that he was their guy, then they could have they could have taken care of some of this stuff because most guys at the end of the day do want to go higher. And it's not like he was angling for LA or something. I mean, Cleveland had the next pick. Um, so I, no disrespect to Cleveland, but like Evan Mobley has no connection to Cleveland and it's not a glamour market. Um, so so because of that, yeah, I mean, I think if, if they had wanted Mobley, they probably would have been able to get the information and make that pick more comfortably. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll see what Green becomes. I mean, obviously he has this dynamism. Uh, <laughs> did, did I even say that right? D- dynamism. Dynam- yeah, I, th- dynamism. I think that's a word. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I th- I yeah, think, he's, he's pretty I dynamic. I, yeah, I, his his shooting percentage is about my percentage of saying that word right. Um, but <laughs> uh, you know, so there's still like incredible upside there. We'll see. You know, the top the top four players in this draft plus Wagner. Like we'll we'll see how that works out with those five guys down the road. I think it's still a really interesting race. Yeah, I think this is a team. We'll talk about this later, maybe. But you know, it's not the most impressive resume. But I think they have done what's needed to be done. I mean, I think they trying to compete these last few years. Like, why bother? They've gotten high picks. Jury's out on them. You know, I I, I personally was not a Jabari fan, but everyone else would have taken him there. So it's hard for me to kill them too badly. And there are certainly many many guys that I have liked that didn't work out, or, or guys that I didn't like who did work out. So I'm that's I. I can't be too can't ding them too much for that one at least as of now uh so yeah i mean this is i i've got them number 20 so it's kind of at the bot but at the bottom of this group of teams that we've been discussing like dallas cleveland new york uh the next team i wanted to talk about is okay. san antonio yes and obviously there are many who would say this is too low for them they've been on just like a slow gentle decline i would say since yeah. about 2016 since about frankly when brian wright took over um i, and, I do and love when, them yeah and when Kawhi left uh yeah that was a problem for them yeah um and, and not being able to retain him and that that whole thing now it certainly has become clear after that that Kawhi Leonard probably would have left many an organization i mean he left yeah. the team that he won the championship with so it's <laughs> exactly a, it's, it's hard to kill them too badly for that i mean i think there, there still is a little bit the, the old schoolness of like the popovich approach how well that works like they still have developed players right to get guys like dejounte murray Keldon johnson with the, the number 29 pick Derek white they definitely do develop players well like that's that's a feather in their cap i almost wanted to maybe raise them because they finally picked a direction i mean that was one of the big reasons that was holding them back to me was just oh that's them spending like just wasting a couple years trying to win with lamarcus aldridge was just 
ridiculous. And then guarantee, even to the point of guaranteeing his contract for the last year when they didn't have to. Um, that that was that was just weird and really slowed down this whole rebuild. And now they're finally well, imp- and, and and what they prioritized in the Kawhi trade was yeah, not good. exactly, exactly. Now they finally really embraced it, and I mean, they suck right now, man. Like they are. Oh my bad. god! Um, but this is their pathway to becoming good, right? They're they're going to have seventy million in room next year. They have three first round picks who are playing right now, and like I'm not a huge Brandon guy, but like Sohan and Blake Wesley, like I think they have a chance to be, you know, to be good players. Uh, Keldon Johnson, they did a good job developing him. Devin Vassell, they did a really nice extension with Keldon Johnson. I think uh, that's going to yeah. be good value for them. So they have they have a direction right now, and they can, you know, hopefully turn this around relatively quickly. Now um, it's just going to take a minute or two. The primo thing. Yeah, I mean, first, that? that's a pick. Picking him was a reach to begin with, um, and then obviously the w- the way this all turned out. But like, it's not like he was lighting the world on fire before that either. Yeah, and particularly the fact that there clearly had been reports about this type of behavior, and they picked up his rookie option anyway. Uh, uh, now, I do laud them as I've talked about it over the last few weeks for at least settling this lawsuit very quickly and now making this a non-issue but uh, obviously it's a, a big problem to have that and, and, and that hurts both on the floor and, and off the floor uh and you know i didn't care for some of the statements by rc and pop about like we're a great organization trust us you know we've earned the benefit of the doubt like all this shit so um now if we're talking i mean we're because kind of what these organization rankings are trying to do here is just projecting what they would do going forward and uh, you know i think of all these teams, particularly because they did pick a direction now, you know, maybe they should be a little bit higher. You know, it's it, it's just, it, it's kind of been, so what do you think their organizational strengths and weaknesses are? If we're going to catalog it, I mean, we've got this list of things, you know, willingness to spend. I think they're okay uh, on yeah. that. Like they, they have paid like a little tax and they're really yeah. good. So with the market, that's fine. I'm sure if they had higher revenue, they'd spend even more. Uh, yeah. So a player, I would say strengths, player development and stability are the two big ones um, by far. Uh, you just know, like the ownership stays out of the way. You know, things aren't going to go to crazy town, um, which is important. I mean, we've seen we're going to see that, I think, in some of the, some of our discussions that are coming up here. Um, and then I, I, th- I think they've kind of been slow to modernize a little bit like that. I, th- I think they still are kind of in love with playing big and and, uh, you know, not yeah. really Mid- maximizing mid rangers, not yeah. really maximizing the three point line like they do. They do some cool stuff like they get a lot of movement and they get good shots. And like you look at their their offensive results and you're like, OK, that wasn't given the shot chart that wasn't as bad as i thought um but there there you still feel like there's money being left on the table tactically yeah i think like i would i don't i definitely was low on them for trades which they just like didn't do and vision yeah. and i think they've addressed you know they made more trades now the derozan trade was a good one the murray trade was a good one they've picked a direction i think they've been pretty terrible in free agency so uh, uh and i haven't even really found like good guys on the margins either in free agency. you remember when they signed damari carroll to like basically the mid-level and cut him before that year's trade deadline yeah uh-huh yeah you know there are just some weird things but i i, I think these guys should be higher as we 
could go through it now. I mean, they're pretty good in most of these areas. Like the owner, they've been good in the draft mostly. I mean, they're they do things a little bit differently, but uh, I think I, they probably deserve to be at the top of this group. Like, I think I would have to move them above, like you know, would you certainly move like the Knicks or Cleveland. You had uh, we had Portland in there too, or you? Yeah, might I had Portland, Portland higher. higher. Yeah, I did okay. have Portland higher. So yeah, I mean, I think I would put the San Antonio kind of in like this fourteen to sixteen range. Wow, that high. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, so I think they should be higher than the Knicks. I think they probably should be higher than Cleveland still, um, given the track record. I guess just what happens when Pop leaves, that's a a concern. But uh, I guess we're kind of ranking them as as of now so yeah i think i would have and i I think i'll move dallas below them too so i think i'll have them at 16 wow okay okay i i I mean are there any of these teams you that we've talked about already that you disagree like we talked about the hawks already like the spurs should be ahead of the hawks for sure right huh Especially because I mean, they have a long track record, too. Like they they still do have do a long track them. record. There's just been, a, I mean, there's been a glaring lack of inspiration. And, and I mean, they made they made a huge bad decision that set them back years, right? Like, yeah. we, can't, we can't just gloss over that. Yeah. Uh, although, that is a, that's like, that hurts. But also, they just get the little things right. Like, you, you, like you believe that whatever a player can be, he will be maximized going to San Antonio. Maybe they don't always pick the right guy, but I mean, is there anyone that they've got who like they gave up on and then blossomed elsewhere? Like, I can't think of anyone like that, really. Maybe Bertans, uh, the, the only one. Bano Udri. <laughs> but the fact that we have to go back that far kind of proves your point. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I guess it, we'll, we're going to start. We're actually going to post our final rankings here on uh, Dunked on Prime for subscribers. So you get a chance to see where we actually had all this shake out so i did these these rankings i think three weeks ago and i had the chicago bulls at like the very bottom of this tier in the 14 to 22 group Mm -hmm. is it too late to move them down so i had them a couple (laughs) spots lower um yeah i think i think i'm gonna have to drop them down here as well um i kind of i kind of new orleans is also playing so well maybe i need to be moving them up i'll I'll be thinking about that but (laughs) yeah i i think i guess we should talk about chicago though um i have them in now this 22 to 26 range i had the 25th yeah so i i don't think we have a huge disagreement on them but i mean i guess the question is what do they do well at this point uh find back end of the roster energy guys i mean they've done pretty decently in free agency when you look at caruso Dragic, drummond um they got javante green in a trade and then i think wisely did not cut him and and brought him back uh looks like a good pick yeah so there i mean there are some positive things um you know the lonzo thing could have turned out better um yeah i guess the the question of uh, what they knew about him health wise or what they should have known because if he didn't have this health issue he would have been an amazing signing and i think their their free agency last year even the derozan trade for the production derozan has given them that value and even giving up that pick and the value has been good it's just the vucevic trade was just so bad like if they just if they just hadn't made that trade where would they be they actually i mean i don't know if they be a championship contender but you'd be like oh okay yeah good about these guys right if as well especially if they had taken wagner with that pick yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, but just the 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 process of that was terrible of just feeling like hey, we need to make a move now with this team that in 2021 yeah. like oh man, we got to make it into the playoffs. I, I mean, Zach Levine still had another year under contract. It wasn't like it was his last year under contract. And then to say, "Oh, well, the guy we're going to target in this trade is Nikola Vucevic and to think that he was going to be the guy who is going to push them to a new level and to give up that much for him, it just was like every aspect of the evaluation and the decision to even try to make a trade like that was awful. Yeah. Uh, letting Laurie Marketing go for a protected first looked okay. I at was the in time. favor of that at the time. It looked yeah, pretty I, good I at the they time. Made a good deal. Yeah. I would have probably, I wish they would have just gotten Larry Nance instead of the protected first. I think he would have helped them a lot, but they already had Vucevic, right? Like, yeah. Just to have someone like him and, and again, just not like if they just had Franz Wagner on this team now, okay, maybe if they don't trade for Vuce, they end up getting even higher in that draft or something. Like, although, like, I don't think Vuce really helped them that much in 21 and Zach Levine got COVID and they you know, didn't even make the play in in the end. So, you know, I, th- I think they do, they find guys pretty well. I think generally they're scouting has been pretty good i would give them that as a strength would you agree on that i'd give them like a b plus i mean yeah they also signed tony bradley and marco simonovich so let's not get too carried away i thought bradley could be good it's like <laughs> it was like a totally fine backup center like i, I they, think they, like, they gave they gave him a player option nate well, they had to outbid everyone else. <laughs> okay, here, this is what I'm saying, John. Like, Bradley had produced reasonably well. Like, he could stand under the basket and block some shots mm-hmm. and finish and get some offensive rebounds. And we always say that teams spend too much money on backup center. Okay. So, sure. like, let's give it a shot for a guy at the minimum who showed some promise. And, all right, they pivoted away. But it's not like he, like, killed them okay. last year. Like, I think what, you, they what about, gave okay, it a shot. What about using the biannual on, Chris, on Tristan Thompson? Yeah, I would say that sucked. <laughs> yeah we, we were not that's not, not huge fans of that uh, definitely well it didn't it didn't hurt them though because they weren't willing to spend into the tax this year so they just it, it's not like not having the biannual this year hurt them they, they only used like three million of their mid-level this year anyway on drummond but that was like a fine signing like it, it, they've yeah um so yeah i guess it's just They've had some hits, they've had some misses, but when you throw in ownership, I mean, can you imagine how cheap the run source would be? It's embarrassing. Okay, no, it is fucking embarrassing that they will not spend into the tax in that market like i'm sorry yeah well and they don't have like a robust organization or something either that they're spending on no no and like you know lonzo ball is the latest chicago bulls medical mystery too right like that's been a a pattern with this team going back years they still have the same team physician who told luol dang in 2009 that he needed to challenge himself physically with a, a stress fracture in his in his shit <laughs> yes <laughs> like, it's, just the, it's still the same guy 13 years later <laughs> So, uh, yeah. That's bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote, uh, I mean, back when I used to be a Bulls fan, I wrote this scathing post about all their medical screw-ups in, like, 2012. And, it, I mean, I, they've kind of changed the training staff. They've made some, some changes, but it's still, it's it's not too impressive. So, yeah, ultimately, it just seems like a team that doesn't really have ambition. And you know, they don't clear out, like, at least they finally moved on from Gar Packs, and this group is better than that. And, they, you know, Mark Eversley seems to have, like, a good 
good rapport with free agents. Like he was part of the reason DeRozan came there. Uh, and so, but so like they're not awful, but it's just hard to really put them above where I, I, I had them 22, you have them at 25. So it's, it's, and now they're just kind of stuck again. It's, uh, uh, how are they going to dig themselves out of this? Yeah. I mean, I do think there is an, there is an avenue where they play out this season because they might as well, since they owe the pick anyway, and then shift and then pull, throw it into reverse after this year. Trade DeRozan and Levine this summer. Because even the pick they owe to San Antonio from the DeRozan trade is top 10 protected in 25. Like they'll be able to, if they want to keep it, they'll be able to keep it. Yeah. But I, I mean, it just ultimately what it comes down to is a team that's experienced this level of success, a very middling level of success to be minus three first round picks over a five year period from 21 to 25. And that's just not acceptable like that. You just it's and we said we said it at the time that you just like you, you you like to say going all in on average. This wasn't just signing contracts going all in on average. This was like giving up draft picks to get to average. Yeah. Yep. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. 
Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash per who else in this group here so all right can we talk about minnesota because i didn't know what the hell to do with them um on the one hand you've got tim Connolly, whose track record from denver i think was really good like if we were just evaluating tim Connolly on denver right we'd be like top 10 yes um and then we have some other things here that have happened that are pretty good, right? Like, I, you know, I like the Anderson contract. Um, we'll see, you know, they, they made a good draft pick with Walker Kessler <laughs> for a minute. Um, <laughs> and on the other hand, I mean, the Gobert trade is, I mean, that's a massive decision. And well, it was, I, I, I just, I got to question them hiring Billy King as a special assistant just to do the negotiations <laughs> with Danny Ainge. <laughs> Not sure why they decided to do that. <laughs> it's just... All right, that's that, that, that's that's one of your best lines right there. That was good. Yeah, that that uh, Portuguese man of war poison. Uh, it's really it's mostly see, seeping into the brain. Um, so yeah, uh, this is first of all, this team has maybe the worst track record of anyone outside of Sacramento over the last X number of years. Oh yeah, Glenn so Taylor. we got it. Yeah, because yeah. we got Glenn Taylor involved. Obviously, he, he's st- he's still, he's still is involved. He still is the owner because Lore and Rodriguez are buying this team on this weird installment plan, which makes you wonder exactly how much money they have, right? Um, that they called it layaway uh, at, at, at Kids R Us when I was. <laughs> <laughs> When I was a kid, those, those, are, those, those of you Christmas shopping uh, right now who are a little older, remember, you know, you do the uh, they, they'd have the little things where you could like put get put away money at the store during the course of the year to, you know, spend money at Christmas presents in December. Anyway, yeah. I'm dating myself with this reference, but um, uh, it, it's it's OK. Glenn Taylor would get it, though. He's, he's pretty <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, T-Wolf. yeah. So, so I mean, I'm not like whether it's Taylor, Mark Lore, or Alex Rodriguez, who there are rumors now that he like can't afford to even like make his payments. I, I, I don't have, and then the idea that probably the Gobert trade was driven by Mark Lore and Rodriguez. Yeah, that's that's no good. Yeah, um, it, and in so. 24, they are definitely a tax team. You know what I mean? When you play, yeah. when you pay Edwards the max and put it with next to Towns and Gobert, you are definitely a tax team. And how are you dealing with that? It's not like you have draft picks uh, to trade to get yourself out. No, that's true. I, and I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to imagine the way it's gone that for the 24-25 season that Gobert, Towns, and Edwards are all on this team with them. Yeah. So, I mean, good things. Like, you know, I, I definitely am a believer in Sachin. I, I mean, also, um, you know, they found they found some guys in the margins. Your Nas Reed, Jane McDaniels is a good pick. Pick, the, the, the Jordan McLaughlin. They found some guys, uh, uh, Jalen Noel, uh, on 
the bench that have been pretty decent. Like there are some of their moves that seem to have an analytics bent, like the signing of, of Kyle Anderson or Gobert for that matter. But particularly to, to then say Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are like surprised by the Gobert trade that they didn't even run it by those guys beforehand uh, I, I mean i guess carl anthony towns we can also actually question the decision to give carl anthony towns the supermax three plus one that doesn't even kick in until the 24 25 season when he's gonna be what like 29 30 yeah that's yeah that's an interesting although i mean if you what would you have done like to i mean the ballsy move would have been to do the gobert trade and then trade towns right i do obviously have concerns about towns and his ability to defend and his playoff big game performances that have haven't been great i mean i think i would have just offered carl anthony towns an extension that wasn't a three plus one at the max like remember you can start it could be between 30 and 35 percent of the cap and yeah. if he didn't take it, I would have said, all right, we'll see you again next year. And then I would have traded for Rudy Gobert to make sure he didn't make all NBA. And then I could re-sign him for a good price. <laughs> <laughs> Cynical operator, Nate Duncan. Yeah, I mean, is there any chance it works for Minnesota? Define to the point works. where like well I, I mean we've bandied this about since the trade happened we were live on the air when it went through and we if were both- if if edwards got better because i mean right now part of the problem is like edwards just hasn't really taken that leap that some people thought he might like if he turned if he played at an all-star level they could make the second round of the playoffs i think still with this roster no uh yeah i mean i don't think he's ready to be at that point yet though I, I, that was i think maybe part of the miscalculation of the Gobert thing was uh, to make this trade like Anthony Edwards was going to be a no-brainer all-NBA guy this year. And maybe he'll get there by the end of the year. He has shown an improvement before. But I think more just the Gobert-Towns thing that it just hasn't it just hasn't been favorable enough to those guys on either end. And also Gobert just might just not be as good now as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They bought into so, a declining and, and, commodity yeah. there, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think the odds of them, I, I mean, and really, given what they gave up, I mean, they would have to make the second round of the playoffs and i think even be competitive in the second round of the playoffs multiple times for me to even say it remotely began to pay off yeah um yeah so i've got them at 26 at just at the very bottom of this and a mid-tier group where did you have them I had them. I had them twenty first. Wait, is that right? Twenty second. I'm sorry. Yeah, I gotta say that seems a little high to me. <laughs> I, I just, I'm not. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I do trust I, them. To I get apologize. A few I miscounted right. a second time. I actually had them twenty third. Very good. Okay. Are you sure? Are you sure you don't have them twenty fourth? I'm Maybe sure. Maybe twenty fifth or twenty sixth. Although they might be by the end of the show. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, the Washington Wizards. How about them? They are. Among the next teams, yes. Um, I actually had them one spot behind Chicago. Uh, so let's let's talk about the Wizards. This is interesting because you might you might be able to change my mind here. Obviously, the, the Beal extension and no trade clause was a horrific decision, right? Um, they have married themselves to the idea that they will not tank no matter what, even when tanking was so obviously the best strategy and they could have gotten so much for Beal two years ago. Uh, the one thing they have done is they got themselves out of jail on John Wall. Like that was the worst yeah. contract in the league and they got themselves completely out. So yeah, I, I mean, the Westbrook trade was really good. And then the, obviously the trade to get Kuzma and KCP uh, and Harrell uh, plus a first, which they then completely squandered, of course, but uh, they could have had Isaiah Jackson on this team and instead 
did was uh, Aaron Holiday, who didn't even make it through a full season with them, and Isaiah Todd, who's done nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, the, um, so, yeah, I was going to bring up the draft. Um, they've they've been in positions a lot where it is historically like tough to get genuinely good players, and they've ended up with a lot of vanilla players instead. Uh, we'll see with Johnny Davis, although early returns are not encouraging. Uh, but like, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I mean, when you had him that high on your board, John, I, I, how could they not <laughs> they not take him? You had him graded as a first round prospect. I, I think I technically did. I think I had him like 29th. twenty ninth. No, I, I it is seared in my brain. That, 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 yeah, you were way too high on him. I, I'll say that to my dying brother. <laughs> uh, they did a good job stealing Gafford um, from Chicago. So well, give credit and, for and that. It's, it's uh, but then they gave him a, a forty one million dollar extension over three years, and he's barely in the rotation right now. Yeah, that's been a little. His his role now is a little interesting with Porzingis there. Because um, yeah, yeah, there's but, not. But a, like he can't he can't play him. that many minutes. He can't get a defensive rebound. You know, he, he can crush some dunks and block shots, but he's he definitely seems like. I mean, I'm sure he's he, okay backup center, but yeah, I mean, they're paying him like a low end starter that it doesn't. He just hasn't really developed the last like year and a half or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, here, can I try to frame this a little bit? Sure. So for vision, I would give them an F. Yes. For execution, and that's that's Ted Leonsis. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Now maybe if Ted Leonsis were in a different market, it would be a little bit different for him. But you know, it's not like the Wizards are. They're not actually a small market. That's no, the thing. Like they all. just operate like they're in a small market. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously they've they he is very loyal to the people who have been there for a long time. So I mean, vision is just a straight up F. Like this team might have the worst vision of any team in the world. and that informs everything that they do whether it's taking win now guys in the draft the Beal thing but they also I think the execution of that vision you know I'd give them like a C maybe a C plus right on that yeah. because I mean I guess the only thing you could say is that their trades have been good that's about it and they do have a very good trading record I think under Chuck. yeah yeah and get I mean I give them credit for getting out of that wall situation um, yeah and, and getting Porzingis again in pursuit of the vision like Porzingis is a great make the eighth seed player and they've managed to keep him healthy and he's been really good so far yeah so yeah I mean that gets you kind of mid-20s to me because uh, I think that the the vision is so bad that there's all Almost, there's almost no way the, the, that you can get the out execution of that. is almost pointless, right? Because it's a, they're chasing yeah. the wrong idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, team I had ahead of the Wizards. Okay. Orlando Magic. Yeah. What do they do well? Well, I mean, they drafted Bancaro and Wagner the last two years. Remember, Bancaro, yeah. that was a ballsy pick, right? I, I know you had him number one on your board, but that was not a consensus pick. No, that's true. And they're they're talking about Jamar. I mean, they did do this weird thing where they kind of sandbagged it on who they were taking and all that. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think they made the right call there. It's obviously still very early to say that for sure. But I, I feel confident that out, uh, out of Chet or Jabari that Paolo was the right pick there. And, and Wagner was good. Although I think at that point in the draft, I don't know that there there was kind of a drop off after Wagner. So I'm I mean, they sure should have that... taken Wagner at five and not Suggs, right? It should have been Wagner at five and Suggs at eight, right? But they ended up with okay yeah. out of it yeah no i mean suggs was he was filling a need like i wasn't low on suggs like i thought he had like possible kyle lowry potential and point guards do take a long time to develop maybe they'll be you know he, he could maybe be a starter still yeah um but maybe more uh, he's more of a combo guard i think i don't his pick and roll game is not that great but we've seen guys develop i mean killian hayes is having like a nice couple of weeks uh, even. yeah i was gonna say a renaissance but they 
there was no renaissance implies there was something before to come back to and there wasn't really any of that yeah um, um, the, the Chicago trade, obviously they just killed the bulls on that food steel. Get, I mean, getting Carter and Wagner out of that, um, and signing a good extension on Carter as well. Yeah, that, that was excellent. And again, the commitment to actually do that. It, it's so weird. We talk about this every year, how it seems like just now with the Vooch trade was their first chance to implement the plan that they were hired to implement back in 2017 because they had this unexpected success and had been yes. in the wilderness so long. But, you know, at least they didn't say trade two first-round picks for Nikola Vucevic to compliment <laughs> Nikola Vucevic on that team. They were just like, exactly. all right, we're going we're, we're gonna to see where this goes, but we'll take it to its logical endpoint. It reached that endpoint, and they moved on to try to build something more sustainable. Yeah. So we now we just have to see how they play their cards for real here. Um, they do have cap room next year. They're going to have another high pick. Like now, now it gets interesting for them. Yeah. I mean, it's also this organization has won two playoff games in 10 years and they're going to suck again this year. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're, we're in the twenties, but like we talk about executing the right strat, like they are, they are, they have the correct vision right now for what to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't trust them a ton on the scouting front yet. A bull bull was a nice guy to pick up uh, as well. But so, I mean, I think they're kind of, I don't think they're great. I mean, it's length at all costs, obviously the Waltman Hammond approach, which is better than some other other drafting philosophies so yeah uh, but you know i wouldn't consider them to be like unbelievable talent evaluators the medical situation with this team is seems like it's just a disaster i mean certainly the record is you know i'm not privy to the internals there and i haven't followed as closely as say chicago over the years but i mean they've just been a disaster health one with like young players too like yeah. not even like these old veterans yeah so yeah and, and ownership is kind of. Uh, I mean, like, at least they, they stay out of the way for the most part. Do they? I, I mean, well, uh, I, I okay. guess there's. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll backtrack like that a little Scott bit. There's like the Scott Skiles, the Scott Skiles era where like he had ownerships here, and yeah, uh, Alex Martins has had periods of, of influence. Those yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's um, where I realized but, I need to pull back on that. Yeah, but I mean, maybe they are doing a better job now. But it still is the same people who were involved there. Like, I, I don't think anyone is looking at that family as the you know gold standard of nba ownership i think they're just kind of you know it's easy for the like tillman fertita it's easy for the owner to stay out of the way when you just suck and you're executing this rebuilding plan but but at least the owner didn't say like hey yeah let's let you know we got to win more games around this vucevic terrence ross dj augustine core so and aaron aaron gordon <laughs> yeah um, yeah so i mean i think they're right in this range i i could be persuaded maybe to have them towards the top of this group you know above a washington or chicago just because at least like their overall aims are sane yeah and they did pay the tax back in in the howard era um i don't really care for their coach hire i don't i haven't seen a ton from jamal mosley that has made me feel good about things yeah i mean it's hard when they don't when you don't have any guards so uh, i feel like it's it's tough to i feel like i have a tough time grading him but i guess yeah. i guess we'll at see. some point you get to the silas where it's like okay what is your argument for being good yeah yeah um you know and you and, and it is possible for coaches to show that they're good in these situations like i would say jb bickerstaff has done that you know, when he was coaching bad teams mark dagnall like you can yeah. identify when a coach mm-hmm. is good even when the talent is terrible yeah i mean dagnall certainly i mean watching his team win here last night uh yeah he just <laughs> he just kind of gets the you know he, he figures out how to at least make it functional even if the talent is not 
overwhelming. All right, so we have my top 26 in the books now. Yes. Where, what number of, is that your top yeah, 26 yeah, too? Yeah, that's my top 26, yes. So we have the same bottom four, and I have them all in, in a tier. I actually had one half tier separate. Um, oh, man, who is who is the like slightly above worst tier team? This is, uh, this is I'm just Det- desperate Detroit, to know Detroit that. has to be above these other three. What? Oh, I, I disagree on that. Okay. I would, okay. um... <laughs> what why do they have to be above these other three? They they haven't won a playoff game since 2008. <laughs> That's true. That does track with the whole ownership history. I guess I'm evaluating more on this current rebuild, but <laughs> they they've won yeah. just as many playoff games as the Sacramento Kings since 2008. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Um I I think they've on the biggest decisions, I think they've mostly made the right calls. Like to come away with uh so even Hayes is starting to show a pulse too. Like that was their one big miss. But Ivy, Duran, Cunningham, Bay, Stewart, like the th- those were the five big decisions, right? Like Marvin Bagley is like that's just like a stupid waste of time, but it's not gonna cost them anything. Um, you know, Bogdanovich, like Oh, he's what? He's he's causing them to win too much? Like, not really. Um, I don't. I don't know. I I think they're going to be able to do something trade wise there. So. I, I think if you focus on like the kind of what the biggest big picture is, I think they're still mostly doing that right. I think they thought they would be halfway decent this year, and I don't know why the hell they thought that. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see now how they spend their money um, with that with that cap room they have coming in in twenty three. And I think they're starting to be expectations creep in now. Like, okay, we've been bad long enough; we have to at least be average now. So that's going to get really interesting. Yeah, you mentioned you don't know why they thought they would be good this year and take a step forward the reason is they don't know what actually wins basketball that would be my my feeling on it and and that's we'll talk about the ownership stuff in a second which is not and the higher level stuff which is not particularly flattering and hasn't been for quite some time but you know i i agree with you i mean i think detroit has shown maybe although the jury is still out even on some of these picks but they've got guys who look like they can play those five guys that you mentioned outside of Hayes. but i mean i Obviously, Hayes over Halliburton is a disaster. <laughs> that was bad. Um, I mean, to take at least these other teams didn't take point guards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and I they did. So, I still worry about the vision aspect as well. But just the way they're using Cade, I think that hasn't been good. And Cade really struggled. I think the fact that he had this shin injury shed some light on things. But I just look at what this rotation was going into the year. That and yeah, you know they got Alec Burks back and they've been more respectable now. But you know, hopefully your whole season wasn't riding on on Alec Burks. And it seems like they got less in that trade with New York because they felt like some of these guys could contribute and just why they were even trying to get better this year. The bad thing and they're just so many weird moves signing yeah. Plumley now yep. okay they signed they signed Jeremy Grant they got him for a couple of years but ultimately what was the point of that all right you got a 2025 top four protected Milwaukee first but I think they also maybe took less in that grant deal so that they could just get that salary off the books so that they could then make the trade to take on Burks and that's they had still plenty of cap room I think to do that anyway if they had taken back salary in a grant deal so I thought they didn't do well in that grant deal there just are not a lot of hits here and then you throw in the ownership thing i mean that's 
do I need to comment on that or, or do you want to take over here? Because that's that hasn't been too good either. <laughs> no. And then there's the whole thing with Arn Tellum being there and where he's, you know, putting his finger in the pie. I mean, the Blake Griffin trade obviously was a disaster. Uh, yeah. Or, I mean, this is the same owner that hired Stan Vagani to be coach and GM. Yeah. Yeah. That's a sliding doors moment in NBA history because Stan was the first choice, it seemed like, of the Warriors. And if the Pistons don't offer him full control, Steve Kerr maybe never gets hired there. Maybe the Warriors never become the Warriors. It's uh, quite the moment. But uh, obviously that didn't work. They cost us a championship in 2015, the bastards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is a sliding doors moment. Damn it. And yeah, the, the Blake Griffin trade, it w- was just throwing good money after bad there. And then also the way they handled Blake Griffin's knees wasn't too good either. Like they basically like kind of, they shouldn't have been letting him play like to play on that knee that needed surgery. And then he just was never the same again. But mm-hmm. hey, at least they- uh, Hey, we got the eighth seed. Get, yeah. Yeah, to have the worst performance ever by an eighth seed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still think of like Blake Griffin putting up like 40, five points at Oklahoma City just an unbelievable performance and basically just like you know playing on one leg and just was never heard from again like that just sucks like yeah and and the organization certainly has some culpability for that um how's uh how's uh Dervidas Servidas playing this year by the way what's he up to You think Mike Tellum is still his you agent? Can, or? You, can, you can really understand why they traded up to nab him. Uh, at thirty, at 37. That's a real pick. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Just to buy him out from Arn Tellum's team in Israel and get a double commission for everybody. What a uh, what I, a joke that whole situation was. As as a Jewish person, I really I support their them propping up the Israeli economy like that. Like it's economic. <laughs> Economic stability is is key to, to Israel. Um, yeah, so I, I I put them in the. I actually have them 29th. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going, and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, who's your who's your number 27? Let's fight. <laughs> well, uh, at the risk of being slightly influenced by results today, I tried to not do that mm-hmm. uh, la- uh, because last year I think that led me to rank a few teams too high, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. But the Sacramento Kings, number 27 organization of the NBA. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, I think they had a very good free agency this year. Uh, they have a vision. I think Mike Brown is a good coach hire. Uh, again, a team that's a little lacking on the vision front. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at least like Vlade isn't there. Like they have at least a real group of people that I have some respect for at this point. Now, the Sabonis trade was terrible. I think that's going to go. Like at least it's working. Like this is like another one of these ones where they did okay. 
day executing the terrible vision. Yeah. Um, the marketing department, that's part of the organization, right? This beam, the beam. thing is pretty awesome. The beam, yeah. I mean, that's a highlight for sure. For sure. I, um, I mean, that's that's got to get you over the pistons right there. Vivek is a worse owner than than even than Gores, though, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, certainly the track record overall would be worse. I mean, I, mean, I do think Vivek has like gradually gotten better over the years, but no, I mean, he's definitely. I mean, this is this is getting down to just what some of the worst the worst owners and. But I mean, I still I would say okay. Let me let me ask you this: of the teams remaining, mm-hmm. Monty McNair, best GM, right? Yes. Um, they hired the best coach out of those, I, I, I would say, right? You would probably take Mike Brown over Steve Clifford. It would be because actually, yeah, I, I, I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, I, we'll I mean, see. I, we'll I see think... what Darvin Ham becomes. So like, yeah. I, I don't think he's done a bad job. I mean, no, 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 that, that, that's fair. He, he may come up that, but, um, and like, they're the best team right now out of these teams as well. They probably, I would guess that they might have the best record over like the next two or three years out of these teams. Also, like this is so. So, I, I mean, again, damning with faint praise. I'm aware they haven't made the playoffs since 2006. It could all just completely go downhill very quickly. They, If they miss the playoffs this year, then there's really nothing to separate them. But, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really justify it much more beyond this. <laughs> I, I just, I put them 29th just because of my confidence that Vivek will fuck this up somehow. Yeah, and I mean, he already kind of has to. It just, yeah, it's really, it's too bad that, like, De'Aaron Fox just was angry that they drafted Terry. Halberton and just sucked until they got rid of him because that actually could have been a really powerful pairing I think um and yeah yeah Tyrese Halberton is an all-star and Demonis Sabonis is not okay we got two left here so I had the Lakers 28th I had them ahead of Sacramento okay yeah I, I have the Lakers 28 as well I sacked 27 Lakers 28 Detroit 29 okay um Lakers regardless of their other weaknesses scouting has been a consistent strength for like a decade of finding random guys off the scrap heap and in the second round and so i have to give him some credit for that uh even if everything else has been weird and dysfunctional and ridiculous yeah and they also at least seem to find a way to have a good enough relationship with stars that people want to come there now do they select the right stars to come there uh, maybe not now and of course they're in la they have the history so we try not yeah. to give them that too much i mean, yeah. I mean that part, this is part of that ones, relationship yeah. is is um letting the stars agency run the front office though which i, I don't really think is helpful right well and, and also i mean what we said here too is who would you want running a random team and you put these clowns anywhere else and it would just be a complete well actually maybe you could say it wouldn't be because then they would just draft and develop and like you know if they had Lonzo and I, I mean the D'Angelo Russell and, and Brandon Ingram just like still on this team and like found some other Kuzma like that actually would be a respectable team probably mm-hmm. right now it'd be like a you know a 500 team but so not that show but maybe if they were somewhere else they yeah. wouldn't no if they were somewhere else chasing. they would actually keep their draft picks and not trade Evita Zubats for Mike Muscala yeah maybe that maybe that's true um maybe it's not though i mean we've seen we if the bulls or the wizards can make these win now moves like maybe these guys would do it too somewhere else um and they if they were somewhere else also they would have just sold the team by now surely <laughs> you would think like there, <laughs> there wouldn't be enough profits to support like six family members uh but yeah i mean obviously we know all the dumb shit that they've done uh they overpaid for the in the anthony davis trade by a ton even though they did get him and they've overpaid in every trade they don't know what wins games i mean to just win the championship 
championship and then be like, okay, let's give up Danny Green in a first for, for Dennis, Dennis Schroeder. Yep. He's going to go, oh, he's sixth man of the year. All right, yeah, he'll come in yeah. and start for us. And then, ah, Dennis, let, let's offer Dennis Schroeder an extension at 84 million. Oh, no, he thinks he's so good he doesn't take it. Thank God yeah. we dodged that bullet. Dodged that bullet, now, right? Now let's not re-sign him and let's give up another first plus three more effective role players to get Russell Westbrook in here instead, who's basically that's, like the, he's the Uber shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, uh, that trades like uh, the Gobert trade I think is going to end up being more disastrous but that one's right down there yeah we're going to do an episode at some point I think in the next month or so on like the worst trades of the the but maybe since the 2017 CBA started and uh yeah that'll probably feature pretty probably <laughs> but I will give them credit I think the ham hire was pretty decent yes and and honestly the Vogel hire before that yeah no that's true too uh now if they had been willing to pay up for Monty Williams or Ty Lue that probably would have been even better I mean those are two of the top five coaches in the NBA that they just were too cheap to hire. Yep. And then I would say they've actually, I think they've handled things right since acquiring Westbrook and Lonnie Walker. We were kind of shitting on them for that signing. He's a, he's been pretty good. Um, so Troy Brown Jr. is playing for him. That's like an okay sign. They're doing at least a little bit better on the minimums than they did last year. So I, I think they've actually handled like not trading Westbrook right at the start, like seeing whether they, I'm interested to know. see how they play this out because I do think they've played their hand well on that so far uh, in terms of not overreacting and, and making making the panic move but i think it's going to be it's just going to get harder and harder to keep not making that panic move speaking of panic moves yeah <laughs> i guess i guess we both have the number 30 team in the nba organization is the charlotte hornets book night and they, they, jones yeah. and thor <laughs> In one draft. I mean, Thor, Thor was oh number 37. Like, okay. Is, right. like, I think he actually, like, he's not a disaster. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but Book Knight and Jones and trading up for Jones. Oh, my God. Trading the future first, yeah, to take him. Yeah, what? Well, I mean, they, they just check every box. Cheap as fuck. Uh, you know, I thought they might be slightly on the rise after last year, but then they fire the coach. Then they don't somehow get either of their initial top two choices. One guy peeks One guy the hood. T- took one look under the hood and was peace out, right? Uh, so then they rehire Steve Clifford. Um, I mean, the, the Miles Bridges thing is like kind of not their fault, but I mean, it's hard to say that that's been handled correctly. We'll see what happens there. Uh, 90 million for Hayward? Uh, no, I think you mean 120 million for Hayward. Oh, I'm sorry. Three. Yeah. And, and actually, it's really more like uh, 150 million because they stretched Batum for yes. three years at 10 million a year to do it. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, that was... and like, the, Do you remember when people in Charlotte were like taking a victory lap because they were like slightly over 500 in the first season of that? It's like, <laughs> you know, it's a four-year deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that hasn't been good. You know, Mitch Kupchak, it's just... I don't think any other teams. Uh, this is always a, a a good marker. Actually, my my buddy uh, Matt at Bulls Blogger kind of turned me on to this thinking of when you hire and continue to employ an executive that literally no other team would be remotely interested in. That's a little bit of a red flag. <laughs> That's that's a good way of putting it. Uh, one of the certainly one of the least active teams um, in the Cupjack era, um, just in terms of you know actually like trying to do anything in terms of deals and like very low volume traders. Um, 
Couple nice second round picks, Nick Richards, Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, the the rehabilitation of Dennis Smith has been a nice story until of course he inevitably got injured. Uh oh, oh, but maybe uh the spouse of the person that you paid $150 million to trashing the organization's injury reporting on Instagram? Is that something that <laughs> might be, might kind of consign you towards the bottom of the league as an organization? Uh, yeah. And I mean, they're, I mean, everyone, no, I mean, they're, they don't want to spend money either. Uh, so that's. No, no, they don't. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, they, they've been pretty bad and free. I, I, the Rosier signing worked out, but now, of course, they probably signed into too big of an extension because they took their i mean this is an organization that loves to like take a premature victory lap at the slightest sign of something other than abject pathos and they did that with with Rozier, uh, uh, not trading Kemba Walker. That I mean, I think among if we're ranking teams on vision, which I think like vision to me is maybe the the most important thing. I mean, they're right down there. They're these like just make the playoffs. Oh, totally. Yeah. Can we just get um, the eight seed? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. they're right in there with the Wizards and Kings and and Bulls of just like yeah. There's no there's no bigger picture. Okay. Yeah, they're bad. I, th- I think they're a deserving thirty. Yeah. I, I mean, there's really there's n- unlike any of these other teams like there's i think there's really nothing that you can even like lamello was just like fell into their laps who's gifted to them yeah 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 they probably would have taken james wiseman <laughs> at three right yeah yeah okay so yeah i think we're we're in a, an agreement here it's really hard to find anything that this organization does well uh, at this point i mean like the announcer is okay <laughs> <laughs> the logo good logo yeah yeah good good colors that's Color true scheme, that was a, a, you know. a solid decision made by uh uh, you know, George Shin back in 1988. I think he was the original owner. Maybe he wasn't, but okay. Uh, let's hit some categories. Okay. Who was the hardest to rank for you? Um, probably the the new front offices. You know, uh, yeah, Utah was hard. Minnesota was. I mean, they made it easier for us. They would have been really hard otherwise. Uh, uh, Memphis, because that's still new, um, was was a little harder. So I I would say those. But Dallas was a hard one again because you know Nico Harrison hasn't been there that long. Yeah, Brooklyn I struggled with too because they had a good track record. Then they just had a really bad yeah. yep. eighteen months. And, um, you know, I think some of these teams that are on the rise, like Cleveland was one. Actually, I think Phoenix was really difficult for me as well, because there are some red flags there. And of course, there's the ownership thing. But they also I mean, you can't argue with the success that they've had either. Um, You know, I I think uh, Golden State was kind of a difficult for one for me, too. I agree with that. um, But I I think, again, I tried not to overreact to what's happened in the last two or three months. And I think that's what that philosophy philosophy kind of allowed me to push them up a little bit you know denver was an interesting one too just because their ownership situation is so sorry but everything else about them is really good well and tim Connolly just left too that's what made it hard for them like we're we yeah. have a presumption about how calvin booth will operate but we don't we don't necessarily have that backed up by hard evidence yet well actually though the hardest to rank for me was new orleans and, and i am gonna ultimately move them up uh, probably into like you know the uh high teens i had them in the 20s but i think just especially as we've gone through the record of some of these other teams and also like david griffin has a pretty good track record even if he's done some weird things so uh, at times so yeah i I would definitely have to move them up uh, and i just was they've done some things that are just like so head scratching (laughs) but it's probably just i probably need to just count their successes more than i am despite the fact that they're doing this stuff that makes me want to just like crack my head against the wall (laughs) um easiest to rank (laughs) charlotte (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess we did just go through <laughs> it and be bottom. like, hey, they're they're good at literally nothing. The bottom, the bottom four came right off my pen, I gotta say, man. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. And, yeah, and I think the top ones, too, it's pretty obvious who... I mean, maybe you could say OKC was a, a an easy one for me, too. Um, just again, that's, it, I think actually just the teams with the greater track record, those are the ones that I really yeah. found it easier. The ones with less of a track record were harder. Uh, the most overrated organization to you. Hmm. I'm going to say the Bucks. Uh, I guess I actually don't think they're that, um, uh, I, I would say Brooklyn just cause I had them so high the year before. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, uh I would say like in terms of public perception, I mean maybe Chicago. Does anyone think that they would do a good job at this point? Mm, all right. And last not. last made the second round in 2015. It, it seems to lose most of these trades. I, I guess I would say Milwaukee just because they won a championship and it, it's just hard for people to wrap their minds around like this group didn't get Giannis and Chris Middleton and then to just discount for that. I mean, I got a lot of shit in Milwaukee for having them what ended up being 11th mm-hmm. and but i would say outside of milwaukee you're right i don't think they are really deemed to be this really good organization they just have a, a top 25 player of all time in there. And, and, and a really good coach who they hired i mean like they've done some good things it's just they've also had some really uh, bad misses as well yeah. uh most underrated I'm trying to think look here who we have uh maybe indiana yeah yeah th- i think that's a pretty good like they're i think they're pretty much just like rock solid most of the way now that the larry bird era is firmly you know five six years in the rear view and i guess I, I, maybe utah could utah be one to, could to be. have them we, in the top yeah, 10 I mean, we just we need more information on them that's what that's why it's like it's a little hard with them all right who are your biggest fallers from last year we talked about brooklyn already uh, pretty extensively um let's see for me i didn't have any other major fallers like out of the top 10 but i actually had washington and chicago as kind of mid-pack yeah they and, they dropped yeah they but i i was lower on washington but yeah, yeah. what they, they both dropped for me uh minnesota i'm trying to remember where i had them last year um i probably had them around the same spot just because the owner th- they moved up from 27 to 26 for me this year okay detroit detroit took a, a, a little bit of a tumble back down <laughs> um, but but yeah chicago and washington both i mean washington actually had that pretty good start last year they had made all these really good trades like the rust trade was looking awesome for them and the bulls you know they were in contention for the top seed in the east at this yeah. time last year and so it's it, that's why again i i part of these mistakes i tried to avoid overreacting to just what happened the first it's so hard to divorce yourself from like the first month right yeah uh another team uh, oh and, and the lakers i had falling by i actually had the lakers like in the like 20th last year um, uh pelicans moved yeah. way up for me yeah yeah i had the i actually had the pels 30th last year wow and when you consider the ownership not being willing to spend we didn't know that like herb jones was going to be this guy well there Remember, was the whole also, Z- the, oh, there was the right, whole zion right. mess going on there too yeah yeah it seemed i mean we were wondering whether he had played his last game for the team yeah <laughs> he played his last game ever <laughs> at that point um so and, and yeah i mean they had had such a bad off season the year before that so i, I mean it, I, i'll be a couple on that one I, I that again i probably overreacted a little bit uh for a team that had made some good trades like they to have them down there um was definitely t- too much big risers for you well new, new orleans obviously uh um, yeah me too i'm not sure who else shifted oh uh, cleveland 
Yeah, I had Cleveland actually in the lowest tier too. They, they, I think all the years we had done this, I had them mm-hmm. at the bottom. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, they've just made a lot of good moves. Like get, getting Donovan Mitchell looks pretty good. Like they're going to be a solid team for a while. Uh, you know, also Dan Gilbert's lack of involvement, I think, has become more clear. Yeah, definitely. So they were a big riser for me. I mean, Phoenix, I had lower. Uh, they've moved up. Yeah, for sure. To me into into the mid tier. Knicks are are on like a you know a steady rise from like the 20s uh i actually had charlotte 24th last year so they fell pretty badly wow i, I mean another team that looked like they they're gonna actually like maybe make the playoffs last year and you know things were going well and like they looked like they could be out of the bottom tier but i, I probably overreacted to them let's see who else is a riser i think that's about oh boston i had boston at 11 last year and remember they started 19 and 21 last year it there was a like lot they, more uncertainty of what that would be with brad in a front office position i think now yeah. we have a better idea of of what he's going to be as an executive yeah no that's exactly right and it was like his departure was like okay why like we just let danny ainge go and we're gonna hire this guy who has no executive experience because I guess he's under contract already. But obviously, things really, really turned around for them. They've made more good trades since then. So yeah, they, that's why they were up in the top four. That was a big one. Uh, who do you see as possibly rising or falling? Last category here. Let's see. I'm trying to look in my crystal ball. Uh, Atlanta definitely has some fall potential, I think. Depending on how things shake same, out here. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts quickly on the latest Trey Young-McMillan spat? It's it's interesting because I, I I don't think Trey is a guy who's like all warm and fuzzy and like like he's not he's not Steph Curry like you know like everybody's not in love with him like that. Um, at the same time, I I just don't know if Nate's their guy going forward either. I think they're in a really tricky pickle with that whole thing, and it's I. I, how does this always end though right it, it never ends with the player moving and the coach staying right yeah they certainly have gone all in on, on Trey with this Murray move um yeah just a, this is another one where you're just kind of wondering about just what's going on overall in the organization and I, I mean I do think you have to make a move at coach just to see whether you can get this group at least into the high 40s low 50s and with just with a different offensive philosophy yeah uh, I think uh, Portland's going to move one way or another. Interesting. Yeah. Brooklyn is another one, too. I mean, we, we had them falling from like the top tier. I had them now like mid pack. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they could continue to fall or they <laughs> they could move back up again, depending on what what happens. But it does seem like there's some kind of an inflection point is going to be reached there. Cleveland could continue their rise, uh, although they've kind of they've run out of things to do now. <laughs> <laughs> because they just traded all their picks. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of locked in with this now. So it would probably be uh, pretty yeah. gentle from here. Golden State could maybe be a faller. Yeah, I mean, if, if uh, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, you know, can, can they at least get a rotation player out of one of them? Uh, I think Kaminga is getting close. I, he's actually been a lot better the last couple of weeks. Um, Clippers could be a faller too. I, if could, be, just, could be, could be. Because some of these yeah. some of these guys, these mid middle-class contracts, uh, they're getting into their 30s and they're starting to get kind of mediocre. <laughs> and so you're you're starting to question that a little more. It's gonna, I'm really interested to see how this season plays out there. Uh, yeah, and then Ryzen. I guess maybe the Wolves start playing a little better or I, I mean I, I doesn't seem that way though like it would take a lot of a lot over the next year to happen for me to move them up significantly if Killian Hayes makes the all-star team what happens to Detroit they're too good to, to get <laughs> they, they, they miss out on Wembenyama. <laughs> 
Uh, All right, this is fun. Thanks for joining us here on our organization rankings. We'll, of course, uh, be back next week. But uh, always good to check in and do these and take stock of some of the changes uh, around the NBA. We'll talk to you all again soon. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.